Good day, everyone, and welcome to Forgiven Podcast. We are glad that you are joining along, and uh, uh, we're hoping that you are enjoying. The, I, the idea is to bring us along incrementally, uh, because that's how faith grows. It doesn't grow. You just don't go from a 30 to a 70 in one day. You go from a 30 to a 30.1, a 30.2. And so our, our hope in this podcast is to be able to do that. And we've got a, a really important podcast that we want to talk about. Now, a couple of weeks ago now, hey, I know that people listen at different times. Uh, we are, we, but in the time that we are uh, live, are live right now, uh, we had just uh, celebrated Mother's Day. And now a month has gone by and we come upon Father's Day. And Father's Day seems to be a little bit different, doesn't it, Logan? Absolutely. Father's Day is like, A, for me, didn't have a dad really growing up and stuff. So Father's Day has always been a touchy spot. Um, but I find that it gives me a great opportunity to really look at God as the father. And it sounds a little like cliche and stuff like that. But for me, no. that's that's it, it's always a great reminder that it's like, yeah, despite not having that, God's always there. So and that was a great comfort. And for and and I'm not too sure whoever is listening what space you are in terms of your faith walk, uh, but for those of us who believe that there's a God and consequently at the same time that there is a devil that there's Satan, I believe that um, a lot of spiritual attack is attached to fatherhood and it's based on just what you said, the fact that that the image that we have is of a heavenly Father, and I think that if Satan can do anything that he possibly can to destroy or to alter that image of the father, our, our physical father, it somehow affects how we see our heavenly father, it kind of transfers over a lot of the time. And so, uh, and the other thing is this, if you have a father that is, is passionate for Jesus, you ultimately many times will have children and a family that is passionate for Jesus. And as the head of the family goes, the rest of the family goes. And so there's a lot of spiritual dimension uh, that takes place when we talk about fathers and we emphasize fathers. Now, um, I was, as we were, before we were kind of preparing, I was just kind of telling a story of, uh, oh, as a pastor, I've been a pastor for 30, oh, 36 years, I think now. And you tend to preach a lot of Father's Day messages. And so, you know, you're trying to be original. You're trying to do things a little bit different. And I had the bright idea of Mother's Day and Father's Day saying uh, this Mother's Day, we want to have people from the congregation talk about their mothers and how much they appreciate their mothers. And I had I had volunteers you know, all over the place. I had to pick. There are people I had to refuse, right? People wanted to go up and tell uh, and just kind of proclaim their love for their mother and how special their mother was. And so, you know, a month goes by and, and I think, wow, that was wonderful. I'm going to do the same thing for fathers. And so I made the plea. I said, listen, we're going to have a Father's Day, but we want to have stories of people and how much their fathers, they appreciated their fathers. And I got zero volunteers. Now, it was kind of funny. There are people who came afterwards. Oh, yes, I said I was going to, and I forgot about it. And that what I had to do is I had to find videos of people who had testimonies about their fathers. It's kind of how I how I did the uh, the the morning. But there was something I thought about as I was thinking, well, what is with these people irresponsible saying all these wonderful things about their mothers, don't want to say any wonderful things about their fathers. You know what I found was? Was that if it was me, I don't know if I could stand and testify about my father. My father just wasn't there. My father mm -hmm. dealt. As I look back, I think my dad did the best that he possibly could. Really, really did. There was a lot. There was a, a time in my life where I had come to the realization that he was hurting, and he had come from a family line of addiction, and and he fell into that same addiction. And and despite that, 
he tried as hard as he could, I think, to be a good father as I look back. So, so this is an interesting topic. And so we wanted to bring a pro in. We wanted to bring someone who, in our congregation, Absolutely. I think excels as a father. He probably won't say or admit that, but we have Joshua Bambridge. And Josh, we are glad to have you here. How's it going? Good. Thank you very much. So I built you up. Pressure's on now. <laughs> yep. Now, for he, those... Sorry, I'll have to say, you're building up my ego, and my wife will probably say he doesn't need any of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you who are listening, and I know we have people who listen... Uh, from all over the place. And uh, for those of you who don't know Josh, Josh is a father of four children. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I think he does a fantastic job. And uh, and every week I kind of see him at work as he's he's coming through for practice. And, and Josh is an elder uh, on our board. And he also has a job as an architect. And uh, so, like, he does everything, you know, in the process and, and also works very well. And and in, in recent years, I know that there have been challenges with health mm -hmm. within within your family, and and that also uh, causes you to stand up as a man and as a father, and to to take the reins and and I don't know, just to to operate uh, today as a father. Mm -hmm. So as we as we get started, do you want to kind of talk about? Uh, your life story and and where you are and some of the things that that you have found as you are have been a father now. Uh, now how old is, is uh, Talia? Talia's turning eight tomorrow. Right. Actually, yeah, our oldest there. She uh, yeah, birthday's tomorrow. It's been a busy week, and we had another birthday last Friday, uh, two Fridays ago for our third child, and then we got another one coming in July and another one in August. They're all summer pretty. babies, so it yes. it gets pretty busy. But uh, yeah, no, they're good. I'll I'll have to say this just in case my work is listening. I'm not an architect. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was gonna say case, I knew he wasn't an architect. And it's not the main part, but I you know the high hierarchy of those of, of that you don't want to get them oh, upset, okay. but it's okay. okay i was gonna say wait can i i want to see if i can yeah. guess what it, is though. the official Hang position on, i want to see if i can guess it. Yeah. is it structural engineer no i'm not even an engineer so oh. so that's the thing I, i'm a technologist so the joke oh. is and it's not true but i do all the work and they stamp it okay gotcha. but it's not the that's not true that's but not i know what true. you mean if they're gonna and hit they me won't over be the head for that too they so. won't be offended yeah, at yeah, that they're gonna yeah but, i mean uh, unless you're gonna share it with them <laughs> yeah are they really gonna yeah, find it yeah, yeah, welcome so. josh's co-workers yes that's great. we're starting again from the beginning we have josh here who's a technologist <laughs> yeah so yeah that's no great. um a little bit of background, I guess, on my life. And my wife was on the podcast for Mother's Day and stuff, so I'm not trying to one-up her. I'm just trying to <laughs> we're, we're trying to work together, I guess, is what we're doing. Um, yeah, so my wife and I have been married for, it'll be 13 years now, coming in July. Uh, we had our first child when I, we were five, uh, five years into the marriage. Um, and then we kind of, every two years, had a child up till the last one. Um, so we've got Talia, who's turning eight. We've got Cohen, who is going to be turning six in August. We got Jalen, who is already just turned four, four, like I said, two weeks ago. And Lilith is turning two in July. So, yeah, it's uh, busy. And, of course, Cohen and I are outnumbered. There's uh, more girls in the family, so that's always <laughs> and fun. Each child has a distinct personality. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, sure. they do. Yeah, and... Uh, you definitely see first child kind of things with Talia, and then you know a little bit of a mixture between Cohen and Talia, and then you get to third child where they're very much like, well, they got to survive, and number four too, they got you know, so they push their way through. So it's very interesting, like you said, very lots of dynamics and personality there. I will, I will just say, 
Talia is a great older sibling. Yeah. Yeah. She is like, I've seen it at church a couple of times where it's like, you guys will be getting ready to go mm-hmm. and she'll go and grab Lilith and just like yeah. bring her over and stuff like that. I'm like, that's cute. I was like, that's really good. She I was does like, have a very compassionate, empathizing heart yes. too, right? And she does like to take care, right? So it's it's very, yeah, and she'll, she helps out. They all help out, but yeah, you do see that and she enjoys yeah. it. So yeah. Oh, so yeah, being a dad uh, is fun. I enjoy it. You know, uh, one thing that I've, kind of thought about you know and i've heard some sermons or or different messages talk about that you know fatherhood you know there's there's circumstances in the world right where it does kind of dawn on or just kind of you know Mm. through life choice and stuff all of a sudden i am going to be a father and i never planned it but you know what i do think it is a huge responsibility and there is a mindset there that it like it has to be like i am going to be a father and it's a choice and there's things i have to do in order to make this work well and and through that, it's not a chore. It's actually quite an enjoyment, right? You're choosing to rear these children, to be there for them, whatever. And I, in Mike's message a few weeks ago, you know, talking about Holy Spirit, when it comes to, like, things we have to do that seem like chores, when we actually are spirit-filled and we actually make a choice to do them, it actually becomes not a chore but an enjoyment mm-hmm. and something that we like to do. So I, I love it. I mean, hey, is it exhausting? <laughs> Absolutely, you yeah. know? I was... I think we were up till midnight last night, my wife and I, because oh. we don't really get a lot of time sometimes to talk and deal with, you know, parenting or just regular life situations until the kids are off to bed. And then, of course, there's things we got to do to clean up the house or get ready for the next day. So, yeah, <laughs> didn't get to bed till after midnight, I think, last night and up at six for work. So it's exhausting at times, but there's definitely it's oh, I wouldn't trade it for the world at this point. And it's such a short time too, you know, yeah. You kind of see the partnership aspect yeah. of it when when you have a wife and a husband that are working together on decisions. And I, I it makes me think back to my days when I had young children and uh, there were times where we kind of had to huddle together to make sure that we were both solidified in, in the decisions that we had to make and in the dealings and praying over our kids and the challenges of one child were not the challenges of another mm. child. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like you can just kind of put... Uh, you can plan to put a template over them for all of them. Each one is different. Each one reacts different. Each one has a different personality. And, and the other thing, and and maybe you can comment on, on this, Josh, there is the aspect of the fact that the scripture talks about that the husband is the head of the house and he needs to love his spouse like Christ loved the church. And so, and so some people have the, uh, the wrong thought that he that a, a father comes in and says, well, I'm the head of this house, and, and they kind of rule with an iron fist. But many times there is a partnership where, where I don't know, the, the, the fact that, that you are loving your wife and you are trying to be a good husband as well as a good, as a, a good spouse, um, how, is it, how is it that you balance the fact that God has ordained you and called you to be the head of the house, and at the same time you are working in partnership with your wife. How do you how do you kind of deal with with the dynamic of that in everyday living? Do we want to get into like a deep theological debate? Sure. <laughs> My wife and I have no. It's sure. You know we've got actually, and it's funny, and we won't get it that deep, but we have talked about like those the, the verse where it's like, and this gets into more, you know, like oh, we can talk about it, you know. 
a woman is, uh, you know, when Paul's talking, a woman uh, is too, you know, and all those. Yeah, it's like, well, how does that fit in? And and of course, I'm I don't agree in the sense of like that. It's a I sit up here and you have no authority in any area, right? No, that's but not what it means. That's not what it means. And and we've gotten into very much like trying to wrestle with that kind of stuff. But ultimately, in every area of our marriage, and especially and and obviously, you know, the forefront of discussion is a lot of parenting stuff. What I found is, and of course people won't be able to see my hand, but I find that Sabrina will be very much on the high spectrum of one side and quite opposite of that is I am way down on the other side. And it's almost like they're extremes. You know, mm. I would be, say, maybe more iron fist or whatever, like in sure. the decision of like, no, this is the way it should be. We just look at the facts rather than maybe emotions or something like that. Like we just, I'm very blunt and I do it that way. Where she is looking at, well, like, well, no, th- those are the facts, but what about the feelings? And, what? And, and it's not that it's always, I'm just giving an example. Yeah, I know. I gotcha. And what I think is God is actually placed us very much together for those reasons because she's got that view i've got my view and what happens is we're able to actually bring the polarization to yeah. a mid-level yeah. i have blind spots on why i'm not looking at things a certain way she has blind spots and we're able to cross reference and go oh well uh, now yes. we can now we can see your side you can see my side and it balances to a more rational my and you know emotional response one of the most uh like poignant sermons i've ever heard was it was a series uh and it was this pastor he got like he basically called it the truth is in the tension he's like he's like doesn't matter he's like if one side is pulling way too hard that person is just gonna get dragged along and whatever so it could be your wife you know is like too feeling or whatever and then it's like if you don't have something to pull against that then it's like you're just gonna get dragged along and then you're all one-sided and then vice versa what happens is, is like the reason like things support each other is tension. The reason a bridge works is because there's enough tension that mm-hmm. you can walk across it mm-hmm. and it evenly distributes. It's the same mm-hmm. thing here where it's like you have to, you both have to equally be able to sort of stretch each other mm-hmm. in a certain way. And I mean, Paul lays it out that it's like the body of Christ is, is meant to work together. The mm-hmm. I can't say to the foot, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there are just certain things that we have in personality and culture that, people are better at than others yeah. and that co- all comes in together to like making yeah. uh, like a cohesive parenting and this is unsolicited parenting advice from a person <laughs> who isn't a parent well, but yeah. it still goes to go with any type of relationship it's the same thing with like being a father i think right yeah. you can pull and pull and pull so yeah. much you know you yeah. might bring them along but yeah. somewhere in the middle there there is like the true intention of what yeah. needs to and, happen and and working on that like there's like it's it's interesting because then you, like you said there's personalities in the kids and so I might miss something or I might go like well no I would just do it this way because maybe I'm looking at it more from a m- typical male sure you know generalization and also brought up with certain stereotypes that sometimes I think are are instilled that maybe aren't totally true and so you're looking at it like i'm looking at this way and you know your daughter or son actually just needs a hug and and it's not that you won't deal with the actual issue but it's like you know so my wife and i are able to i'm able to see what she's i'm able to see what she sees because she's able to express it and work with me i may not have seen it myself the thing about that as parenting or even i know relationship is also it takes a huge amount of humility and getting rid of pride in order for me to see her side rather than fight and fight for my mm. side, right? And it's and it's really that's that's been something that I've oh, I have to work on. So yeah, th- that's a perfect yeah. 
I, I, I think as I've looked at the Ephesians 5 passage, and for those who are, are uh, kind of new, um, that is the passage that where Paul talks to husband and wife. And really, you know, a lot of times they think that, that the passage is, is aimed at the wife. It's not aimed at the wife. It is aimed at the mm, husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. And, and when he says that, there is a directive to the husband that all of the decisions that he has to make has to be absolutely selfless. Yep. Has to be with the spouse and the children in mind. And I believe um, that Paul, as he's saying this, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, he he points out something about men in, in that self selflessness is not the default of men. Mm-hmm. Many times it is of women. Women are the ones who, who tend to have that selfless. Now, I'm sure that there are extremes mm-hmm. on both sides, but generally as a rule, men kind of think in terms of all well, kind of this, and they're, they're, they think in, in that kind of general terms of what is going to be best for them. And, and, and what happens is Paul directs the individual, the, the man at that time, says, you got to go, go against the nature in you that wants mm-hmm. to be selfish. Yep. Yes. You have to think like God has thought, and mm-hmm. you have to think and put them first it, to the point of when we take a look at the ultimate act of selflessness mm-hmm. in this Christ. And there is not a woman around that would not submit mm-hmm. to that type of selflessness. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a good platform mm-hmm. for fathers and for and for husbands to go on. Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of times we're looking at it logically, and like if there's, say, a crisis situation or parenting, right, and, you know, your child's acting up or something like that, well, you're looking at it like how do I get step one, two, and three to stop this? And the end goal is kind of what determines what you do rather than the process of going through that, right? So sometimes it's like, I just want to get you to calm down and stop screaming, so I'm going to maybe start yelling myself or be more extreme yeah. as opposed and, and get this done as soon as I can, right? I'm looking logically or something like that. And that is not necessarily the best thing to do. Actually, what I need to do is pull back on my nature and myself and actually do the things that maybe are maybe uncomfortable for me or not even, and then it serves them better. And, but it takes, it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of humility. I mean, really have to get rid of pride. Um, because that's yeah. the basis for a lot of the issues that I've had to work on is when somebody points something out, my argument, and I'm sh- it's just nature of sin in the flesh, right? I don't want to be told that I want autonomy, and right, I yes. want to be able to do what I want to do. And when that's pointed out, it's very, very difficult. Uh, not You know, you have to stop, but, I mean, it really does benefit. And so it's, it's yeah, it's something that we've, I've, I'm still working on and have to work on, but at the same time, too, I'm also looking at this as, like, I want to better myself, not just for myself. Like, obviously, yeah. I want to have a relationship with Christ that is real and deep, but it's also, like, I'm creating a legacy for these kids. It's not a legacy of money. It's not a legacy of, of a house or, or land or, or, or even good reputation by the world standard. It's a legacy of Christ in them and what to be effective for Christ and for them to see that. And for them to be able to choose and see that it's real, right? And if I'm not bettering myself with the interchanging of Holy Spirit, then I really am not doing much as a parent. I'm just letting them survive in a world. That's a that's a good point. I I, I think of that in the fact that I and I kind of the only comparison that I have is with my life 
and uh, as I kind of went along. And I always felt, especially when my first child came, there was no playbook for me. The one advantage I, I see for you is that you did have a father who played a significant role in, in your life, and, and he left a legacy that I see in you as well. Mm -hmm. Anything that you can say in terms of you know, what you learned from a godly father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I can. Um, there's a few things, actually. I was thinking about this, and I have been. One is, you know, our family, every family has issues, right? You can't, and, and our family is not a big, we don't hide our issues. Like, we're not afraid to speak because, I yeah. mean, it's through that growth, right? So, I mean, my mom has talked about how she's had depression and anxiety. She's talked about that at Bethel and just with everyone. And and honestly, growing up, I in a sense, that part of our family was very broken, um, dad didn't really know how to handle that all the time. You know, he was just seeing it as emotion and, you know, he, yep. he, it's crazy and, and just stop. And even I deal with this, these answers, stop, just stop feeling that yep. and it'll be okay. I still, I, <laughs> Sabrina and I still have to talk about that and how I, I do can, that. my mom grew up yep. the same way, even as yep. a kid, like depression. I mean, yep. she even had like borderline personality disorder mm -hmm. and stuff like so so i you're breathing into the choir yeah, on that yeah. one so i yeah and that was and and so then of course that escalates things right of course mom doesn't of course if she could stop she wouldn't dad would get frustrated and, you know he would say pointed things and and i hope i'm not you know embarrassing or uncovering yeah. anything but you know and there was a lot of times when i grew up i actually kind of ended up being like a mediator like Same. and you know whether it's healthy, I, you know obviously that's not necessarily healthy. But uh, again, this is no shame to to my parents no, and stuff like that. But you know what? Through the years, something I've learned through the years is, again, Dad has actually chosen and through Holy Spirit to grow. He in these years, I go. He actually has allowed God to change him, and he can. Yeah, do we all make mistakes? But he is a, a, able to adapt and be like, how do I take care of mom? How do I see that? How do I respond properly? And he's actually shown that you know, there's a lot of things in this world. Where people get to a certain age and go like, well, I can't learn anymore, or I'm not. You know, it's too much work, or or I've just done this so many years. Why would I even try? But dad, actually, there has been a physical and emotional and spiritual change throughout life. So that is something that I go like, it, it is possible and it is a legacy that, you know, sh even shows. Now, of course, there's things I take and I go like, I just don't want to be like my parents, so I chose not to do that. But then there, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. there's that. But he actually has shown that. Another thing that I was thinking about with my dad, particularly and our family, but my dad is, he has always shown grace and forgiveness. Never has there ever been anyone who has done something so bad, whether it's at work or a family member or whatever, that we can't forgive them or we speak badly about them constantly. We always bring up their past mm. and that there's a grudge or something. We just, he's, we have built on a family of forgiveness and, and letting that go and just seeing people where they're at and accepting them despite the fact we know their dirty laundry is still not clean, right? That's, like that, that, And that's something that's huge. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that, I mean, I still go, like, it's just, again, maybe it's it's through that, maybe it's a little bit of personality, but I really think it's through that, like, I've been brought up in that, that, you know, when people do wrong things and and, and sin against me and sin against other people, like, yeah, I do, I, I have to work on seeing the empathy, seeing the emotional and feeling side of that. That's something I have to work on still. But I'm also able to go like, you know what? I'm not going to let it stop me from, I'm not going to shut them out. I'm not going to stop, like, you know, like there's balance, uh, yeah. you know, but ultimately, I f we forgive them 
and we and we move on from that point yeah. on. I we don't we don't keep bringing up the past as m- and and that's something I think I've learned from him and the I, family. I will just say like first of all you're human, so of mm-hmm. course you're going to have to work through all those emotions and stuff. Yeah. Um but for me on like the forgiveness thing it's something that I we obviously we were everybody's forgiving to some point, right? Mm-hmm. Like you the, even my mom who wasn't we weren't religious growing up but she taught us like forgiveness she was right. like look she's like you can't hold this against somebody forever because she's mm-hmm. like it's just not healthy for mm-hmm. you you're gonna go bitter and old and she's like you're gonna end up like me and you mm-hmm. don't want that it literally does rot the bones as oh. much as the bible is talking to the spirit i think it, it oh no, i think it I, really does so right? so yeah. I, I said at the beginning of the episode i just didn't grow up with my dad just mm-hmm. wasn't around mm-hmm. and so i grew up hating him right i think most kids in my position probably would would agree that you you grow to to harbor lots of resentment mm-hmm. and bitterness and anger because it's like you see all your friends and other people at their dads and and all this stuff and you get jealous and you get mm-hmm. upset and it's like um that that was in me for years mm-hmm. and it's still something that i have to each and every day wake up to make the choice to be like no i forgive him mm-hmm. like it's like you know, and and so I'm so glad that you're like that your family has like mm-hmm. really reinforced that because it tore me apart for years. Yeah. I was so anger and bitter, yeah. and I was stressed, and I could I could feel it, like mm-hmm. I could physically feel it in my body. When I start thinking mm-hmm. about it, I would get angry, like the yeah. hairs on my arm would stand up, and like I could just use just a physical reaction to it because it's like it's an emotion, and that controls like yeah. how your body works and stuff. And yeah. so it's like just the people listening to like especially those where Father's Day might be a touchy mm-hmm. subject for mm-hmm. you and stuff. Man, don't don't let it eat you up. It's not worth it, okay? Here's, here's what I have found. Um, that growing up, I've realized my own imperfection, and I've expected people to understand that I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. But when it came to my father, when I found out that he wasn't perfect, I didn't have a lot of patience for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was a big lesson for me yeah, yeah. in the fact that you, we want people to understand our imperfection, but we won't tolerate mm-hmm. theirs. Theirs, right? Yeah, and and so I here I am, and uh, like I said at one point, I kind of grew up without a playbook. I didn't, you know, there was okay. So well, what happens there? This is what my dad. Well, you know, my dad, my dad was a hurting individual coming from a family of hurting people you know i acknowledge and see that but at mm-hmm. that time i didn't see mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and and so i had to pave the pathway myself and some of the scriptures we kind of have is the is the one in first corinthians that talks about love being patient and kind it doesn't envy and it doesn't boast and it's not proud and it does not honor others it's not self-seeking it's not easily angered all those things, you know, love mm-hmm. does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Mm-hmm. Those become those become powerful words to a father mm-hmm. who does not have a playbook. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That was Second uh, Corinthians twelve nine. Logan kind of added these passages of scripture. Okay. Even the one in in Galatians chapter five verses twenty two and twenty three, which talks about the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Even as you're saying that, I think about your dad growing mm-hmm. and and the process of of the fact that we are so. I don't know. Sometimes we like to think we have it all together, mm-hmm. and there's this revelation that comes when we realize that we don't. 
and we really, really need God. And I think that that hits as a father. Mm-hmm. I think so. Because we're dealing with human lives. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with people who we have brought into the world, helped. <laughs> Let's face it, guys. You know, we in, in our terms of kind of the producing of the father, we have just a very small contribution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, then the mom, the mm-hmm. mom takes the baby and brings that, that child into the world. But mm-hmm. at, at that point, Josh, you kind of mentioned it. You said, I have to choose to be a father. Mm-hmm. I have to choose. That's the challenge that we have. Yeah. So maybe as people are listening, and many of them, if the statistics are true, many of them have not had a good um, relationship with their dad. Some mm-hmm. have, but some haven't. Mm-hmm. What would you say to those people who were kind of more in, uh, more in Logan's book and my book, mm-hmm. that dad wasn't there? What would be the advice that you would, that you would give to those people who are who didn't have the example of a, a godly father. It's, yeah. I mean, I can give what I think my advice is, but again, I'm speaking from someone who doesn't, like you said, so you take take it as it is. And and again, also, like like we know, like it's so, so individualistic with what circumstances you go through, but I also think sometimes we, we use that as an excuse to be like, so it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. When when it comes biblically, like it's gonna sound cliche and what you know, but it isn't, it isn't, it's truth. It's like a lot of this stuff is like it's go to the scripture. And I'm re- and as you're saying these verses and stuff and in myself too. I think in the North American Western Church Society, and myself is included in this because I do this. We like to pick and choose, or we like to yeah. listen to this and go, "Oh, I will love. I'll, I will always love. I'll honor, except for this person." And we don't say it this way, but we but. we mentally we go, "Except for this person," because this is all the things they did to me. This is all this stuff, and yep. and we actually put caveats and we pick and choose the Bible verses on how we treat people. And it's easy, it's easy to it says. This, Easy to love the people who we love. Even the pagans do that, right? Yeah. Like it's actually true forgiveness. I was listening to Tim Timothy Keller's book, um, the the reason for God. I think. Oh it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. And he's talking about forgiveness, and he's like, forgiveness is actually painful. Yeah. He's like, it's actually very painful. It's it's a death to, and that is what we're called to do. Christ died for us. It was painful. We're taking part of that, but it's through that pain. That is, there's actually resurrection life in yeah. ourselves. Yes. Christ died. He went through that pain, and then there's a there's a victory in that, mm-hmm. and and it's a joy that we get to. So I really, as much as it's very tricky and very hard, I am myself going through this when I have like people, and I do, I do have. There's family strife everywhere. It doesn't matter what side, and we have it in our lives too. It, and I really have to be careful on how I'm viewing those people, and I really am trying to work on it as like, what does it, it's like you said. I'm trying to look at the people who are hurting and wronging me, not from a place of they've wronged me, but from a place of where are they actually coming from? Yeah. And why are they doing that? And what does Christ think of them despite the fact that they yeah. messed up? And despite Christ made these people, Christ made your dads and actually has a, had a purpose for them and loved them and went, these are the full potential. Yeah. Now we all have choices, right? But that doesn't change what God sees them. And so it's actually trying to have that godly perspective of, of fathers uh, who weren't there or hurt us and, and, and family members and that. Now, it's difficult. Does that mean we just drop everything and go like, well, I, I let you come and hang out with my... No, but there's a difference between loving and honoring, and then there's boundaries in that, but you can still honor, and, and that looks very different, but I really think it's taking the scripture in its full context and not mm. taking anything out. Yeah. And that's again, comes to a pride thing. Well, what about me? They hurt me. What do I do? You know, And it's like, you really do have to give it all and it's going to be painful 
but the long run is actually going to be it's so much better so much better rather than bringing that pain you know that quick relief of i feel better because i was angry and i hold on to it for this quick moment but actually it prolongs the sickness right it's really hard so yeah i'm dealing with that i deal with that too in in my own life it's it's really just coming down to how, how do i see people through god's eyes that was for me one of the biggest challenges like and finally fully recognizing what you said of like mm-hmm. yeah no just because my dad made mistakes doesn't mean god loves him any less mm-hmm. that would that hit me like a ton of bricks mm-hmm. when i finally made that realization yeah. i was like oh and then also learning that like forgiveness isn't just forgetting mm-hmm. it's part of that but it's a painful process of actually more mm-hmm. or less changing yourself because mm-hmm. yeah. you're not going to be able to change the other person. No. So it, it's an internal process of removing yeah. piece by piece, the, the resentment, the hate, the bitterness, all of those things and realizing that like, you know what, we're, we're put on this earth to help people. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I need to be doing. And the big thing, like you kind of said, there is also relinquishing control. So like you can only deal, you can only deal with the sliver of the pie, which is you. Yes. And the rest of the pie is the world and everyone else. And that really comes back even, you know, parenting, you know, dealing yeah. with the father before me or whatever, but mm-hmm. also then the generation coming after me, right? Like as my kids. So of course we're, we're uh, you know, my wife and I are blessed with being stewards of these kids right now and we do have a certain level of control over their lives on what they how what they get taught how they get taught wh- how they're taking care of and stuff like that but ultimately what Sabrina and I are really trying to do is like Christ we want you to be real to them but we don't want it to be mom and dad's Jesus we don't want it's we want to give them the information and the and the holy spirit to speak to them but we really have to work on letting go of control especially in a world that doesn't know Christ and not being afraid that the world is bigger than Christ and Holy Spirit in their lives and letting go and being like, you know, not letting go and be like, kids, just do whatever you want, you know, but like that they will see Christ and it's going to be their choice. Ultimately, I can do everything right in the world as a parent, as a father, and they get to choose. They get to choose how they live, what they do, who they follow, what they listen to, if Christ is the Lord and life of their Savior, or I could do everything absolutely wrong, and they could choose to live a life yeah. of pure, you know, yep. f- devotion to Christ, right? So it's kind of like this. It's a trust factor. Wow. Yeah. I get, I I think as I'm as I you know have gotten to know you over the last few years, and you you really touched on you're talking about the fact that you really got to develop faith by seeing uh, faith in the trenches. You know what I mean? It's not, oh, this is perfect. Every Sunday, you know, we say grace at all of the dinners <laughs> and we have a, a prayer before we go to bed and yeah. and then we, we wake up and we have worship together as a family. Everything runs so well and everything's so lovely and, <laughs> and that's what our home... And sometimes we get that thought that that's the way a lot of Christian families are. It's not. It is We're dealing probably with, worse. <laughs> it is dealing with, it's dealing with depression. Yeah. It's dealing with emotional illness. It's dealing with not knowing what to do in the process of that and as i have looked and and observed uh your life over the last couple of years we know that um you know there were there were health challenges that mm-hmm. had come in in sabrina's life and mm-hmm. and we continue to pray that that complete recovery mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. but when that took place um your family got a front row seat to faith in the trenches mm-hmm. 
And I believe that children's faith are developed not when things are good, mm-hmm. no, but when things are bad mm-hmm. and when things are hard. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if you have a, I don't know how you can articulate mm-hmm. it, how do you deal with fatherhood when life appears to be following, falling apart or when, when life does not throw you all the lob balls and things are mm-hmm. wonderful, mm-hmm. but when you're having to deal with, with real life issues? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how have you found in this process over this last uh, year, year and a half, uh, in terms of being a father, being a good husband and, uh, and uh, you know, what has God taught you through that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's definitely still teaching me and it's been, you know, I've been blessed with part of my personality as a go-getter and, you know, lots of, uh, energy, even when I'm tired, like I said, you know, so God's, you know, obviously placed me where I'm supposed to be and that's a great thing. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. I'm always I'm always growing, you know. There are times throughout this where I have really just done it on my own steam, right? Like just because I know all the Bible verses or you know, I'm learning what Christ's life, yeah. you know, is it it really is. You still mess up. You still fall short at times, but that's where the grace is. You know, that's awesome, right? It's not a matter of good works. Yes. It's not a matter of how much I've done that I'm saved. I'm saved by God's work, <laughs> that one mm-hmm. one thing. Um, so yeah, in this, uh, you know, there's been a few things as a parent and also whatever of like, yeah, it sh- shakes your faith, but also then it actually, I think it's important. If we don't have those doubts, if we don't have those questions, then it actually, when, it, when push comes to shove, what do I really believe? Mm-hmm. If it's just a matter of growing up in like, we go to church and we say the certain hymns and stuff, but if you actually aren't truly thinking like god what does healing really look like what do i actually believe in that what do i do for my sustenance what do i do for my energy and time so that's been a big one and it's actually i think it 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 proves something better than just sitting around and being comfortable do i wish that sabrina never had to go through this absolutely but do i at the same time too I have gotten to be home with my kids and rear them in ways spiritually and physically in ways that I never would have either way. You know, like I wouldn't have just been like, you know what, I'm going to stop working for this time or go to like I'm only working part time. I would have been working full time this whole time anyway. And hey, God, you know, the kids. But it's just it's just been such a blessing to be home for that. Yeah, Um, Some stuff with the, you know, with faith is is healing, the idea of healing, you know, and teaching our kids like we don't want our kids. I don't want my kids to ever think, and and again, I've typically stood on this kind of believing that like, you know, even in the bad thing, even if the worst thing happens, my faith should not be, and my trust should not be in those things that I lost or had, and that should shake my faith in who God is. I want to have a solid foundation of who God is despite my circumstances. So being in this situation has really been uh, beneficial in trying to show our kids that. Is God, is God still good? Is mummy healed? Yes, because the word says, by your stripes we are healed. Does the, you know, does the lack of symptoms actually change the fact that she's healed? No, because it's the same as grace. Does the lack of sin Mm. in my life (laughs) actually mean that I'm not, that I, that's when I'm saved? Or am I saved despite those things? Absolutely. Now, is there a manifestation of, you know, so it's it's getting to some There's deep stuff with stuff our kids, there. right? Like we're unpacking, but you know what? The kids are, you know, 
it's it's put Sabrina in a place where she's spent a lot of time with God, and that's great. And then the kids see that. That's another thing with this is I remember uh, uh, I'm gonna probably shout out I don't know if you, Phil Atkins. That's I don't fine. know if you know. Yeah, I know who, Phil. You're right. Uh, uh, Fearless Phil, right? Yes. Doing doing uh, arborist there. Some uh, when his dad died, um, my brother-in-law went and I went to his funeral, and he's got uh, there's quite a few kids in that family actually, um, and something Phil said that kind of stuck with me, and it's one of these things that, like, I'm not perfect at it, but I really want to, is he would remember he got up one time to get up for school, Phil did, and he went out in the living room and saw his dad is before anyone else is up, and he was, I can't remember if he was kneeling or just praying or just reading his Bible, and he was having that time with God, right? And it was his time. It wasn't this showy thing. It wasn't, and he just remembered, wow, my dad really does, this is something real to him, and he spends time doing this, right? So in this time of faith, or in this time of trial, that's something Sabrina has been able to really do, which I think is a bit. But it's also something that I've been able to mm-hmm. grow, not at the same level, not same. But yeah. it's really everything that happens in our life, we really do point them to God. Yeah. This is how this is how we serve Jesus yeah. in this situation. Yeah. This is how Jesus is means everything to my life yeah. in yeah. this situation, yeah. and and it is it is far more important to be caught mm-hmm. through the witness of the Father. Even yeah. more than the witness of the mother, because yeah. there's something about something about us seeing Dad serve Jesus, mm-hmm. well, not in the good times, but mm-hmm. in the bad times, yeah. that impacts our lives as as kids. Yeah. Well, there's a saying they say in children's ministry: uh, you win the mom, you win the kids, but if you win the dad, you win the family. Mm-hmm. And so it's like there's a key distinction there of mm-hmm. like. Um, like, yeah, you win the mom, great. She'll bring the kids back. But mm-hmm. once you win the dad, mm-hmm. and this is a new Christian type thing, mm-hmm. you win the family. That per, that Once the dad's on board, mm-hmm. that whole family's changed. Yeah, mm-hmm. studies have shown that. I know that I've I've mentioned this a number of times uh, to the congregation. Every congregation that I have pastored, I have mentioned this statistic because it is it just blows my mind as, in terms to the, the reality and the impact of a father, the... The study showed that over a number of years that if if a family, it was talking about kids who take on the faith of the parents, mm-hmm. and they were showing that if a mother is the only one who is serving Jesus, it's... then the children who go on, there there are certainly children who, through the witness of the mother, go on and take the faith, but they, they are at probably the lowest, right, mm-hmm. yeah. of inheriting faith. And then there is the ones where the dad, only the father is serving the Lord, the mom is not. Mm-hmm. And there is the one where both parents attend church mm-hmm. and, and are coming. And the statistics show that the highest the highest one is not where both parents. It is when the father is serving mm-hmm. Jesus and the children and the mother is not, mm-hmm. that those children go on and inherit mm-hmm. the faith of the father. Mm-hmm. Now... There are a lot of variables to that. <laughs> yeah. I realize, yeah. you know what I mean, and and I think it is best to have both a mom right. and the dad yeah. Yeah. serving yes. Jesus. But there is something about the child looking at the father. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said about that too. Like there is, yeah. so, like you can't necessarily put your finger on it or whatever. But like when your family is destroyed through, you know, the father doing something or not following, like like society has just crumbled and i think there is a specific attack like there's a specific attack a lot of things but you see satan attack if he can attack like you said even the father 
through that stuff, it crumbles a lot more, or it mm-hmm. seems to have a, a very rippling effect. Well, I look at it as it's there's a reason we call God the Father. Like mm-hmm. I, there's there is some clear mm-hmm. distinction there mm-hmm. in that we don't say God like we say God our Savior, but the mm-hmm. important thing is we say God the Father. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that that translates that that imagery, that that, mm-hmm. that metaphor, that power that comes with that translates to mm-hmm. earthly fathers, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like you're being now compared in a good way necessarily um, to the heavenly father, and then that creates, like you said, that creates more avenues for spiritual attacks. That creates more like pressure, so to speak, yeah. but it's good pressure because it allows fathers and dads and all these people to, to draw closer to God, to provide mm-hmm. what the people need. And mm-hmm. I think that that's like really, really powerful. And I just want to say too, like if you're like being a father does not mean just blood. Like, let, like let's get that clear. Like mm-hmm. there are more mm-hmm. like people out there and stuff like that, that are fathers to people than just mm-hmm. like blood. Yeah. Right, like it's like my stepdad right now doesn't serve the Lord, but he has mm-hmm. been the most influential person in mm-hmm. my life, really about teaching me how to become a man mm-hmm. and just like seeing the world in like a very specific way mm-hmm. over the last like ten years. And it's like I am forever grateful for that. And so it's like there are people in my life who have like been placed in very special and important moments to teach me the things that I needed to through them because they mm-hmm. recognize the power of the Holy Spirit and we're like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna help them with this. I'm gonna help them with that. You know, it's like I could give a long list of names of people who have stepped up to take that place. And so it's like just wanting to honor all the other fathers out there who aren't like it isn't maybe your stepdad. Yeah. Guess what? Mm-hmm. God still placed you in that mm-hmm. moment to be a father to that person. And even as you say that, I think of about seven or eight men who were hugely influential in my walk and my growth as a Christian, who just uh, out of the blue had come to say something or were just obedient or, uh, you know, kind of took me under their wing and mentored me and and that because, you know, I just didn't have the presence of a spiritual dad in place. And I I might be bold, but I'm sure (laughs) that there were other people in your life besides your dad, other father figures or uncles, friends, dads, Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. that gave you that helped build you into the person you are because i think that that's just the amazing like nature Mm -hmm. of like of that right it takes a village Mm -hmm. to raise Mm -hmm. children and so it's like i don't ask me to remember though because i'm not very analytical (laughs) i forget (laughs) memories and stuff i'm sure there are there are (laughs) i'm i I know i'm sure there are too and and it's 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 a little different too when you grow up with that dad but i just i really wanted to highlight that too of like there are amazing father figures out there who love and cherish the next generation. And it's like, Father's Day is also about them. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and it's kind of like that thing. It's, it's when you change it. And this is, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the biblical truth we say are universal, obviously, because it's your Absolutely. entire life. It's not just for Father's Day or the sin or whatever. It's, it's everything. But like, it really comes down to the, what's your identity. And, mm-hmm. and of course that's a huge thing in society right now and everything. But really, if you're t- looking at it for yourself, which I am in in this particular instance as a father and a husband or whatever, like my identity is not in my mistakes. My identity is not in who my flesh is and what is carnal and sinful about that. My identity is in Christ. So when I do make mistakes, I think I also need, I need to work on that I don't, sh- I don't live in a place of shame. 
I go, where do I go from here? What did God reveal this to me? How do I fix it? And also going like, this isn't going to... Trust God that my mistake here isn't gonna mess. This isn't the this isn't the one mistake that messes the kids up yeah, forever. Yeah. This isn't the line that crossed it or whatever. It's actually now how do I live biblically even in that, uh, and teaching them. You know, dad, dad messed up. Dad and being like, yeah, like we're pretty open with our kids about everything under the sun. You know, age appropriateness, but we're pretty like even with issues of the world or issues just with myself or issues with between mommy and daddy when we you know if there's a disagreement and stuff. Yeah, we don't fight necessarily right in front of them and like, okay, sit here and watch how it's done, you know, like it's not, (laughs) you don't scar, like there is things that you got to be discerning about, but it's like, hey, I did lose my temper, my self-control. And is that a sin? Is that something that there's a point where you can just, it's okay to do that? No, no. Um, Who am I supposed to be rooted in? Who am I rooted in? Not supposed to be. I'm rooted in the vine who is Christ. And through Christ, I get those fruits. It's not an emphasis on, I need to work hard for the fruits. It's an emphasis on, I need to be connected to the vine. Yeah. And then I'm producing those fruits, and so I'm sorry, I sinned there. That's an amazing distinction that mm-hmm. I think every person, every Christian mm-hmm. gets wrong. Yeah. We, it's that we start seeking the fruit instead of the vine. Mm-hmm. It's no, because yeah, you can grab the fruit and you mm-hmm. can have it temporarily, mm-hmm. and you can think that you're calm or you're patient or you're kind in that moment. Do it on your own works for a while, but yeah. eventually you're gonna need to go back to the vine, and it's like mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing too. Like my mom openly talked about the mistakes that she made, mm-hmm. and it, it was very beneficial for me growing yeah. up. Yeah. Right where it's like she said, like, look, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. It mm-hmm. took her a little while mm-hmm. to get there, but something changed in her. God was moving, something was going on, and she was like, no, I, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I, you know, when she talks about depression and all these things, mm-hmm. and so you have to take it with, you know, yep. take that into consideration. But like, I'm glad that you do that because mm-hmm. like that was really influential for me growing up. Mm-hmm. Was understanding that like, par- once you learn as a kid that your parents make mistakes. And stuff, it changes it. I I had a greater love and respect for my parents, both of them, once I kind of found out that like they're open and like, look, I'm gonna make mistakes, but it's like I'm and I'm sorry, but like I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be. Yeah. I think it'll be more of a shock if you try to cover up everything and be like daddy's perfect and all of a sudden they're gonna see the real like like yeah. like we kinda do on Sunday mornings too sometimes, you know, mm. oh I've got the perfect mask on and then it's sometimes you go, Really? You're a Christian? You as opposed to walking your real life out. Yeah. That's more of a witness of actual change. That's that's what we are, right? So I think for a parent, if you're hiding, I mean, again, boundaries on what you show, but if, if your kids yes. honestly never see anything wrong and they think mom and dad are, I mean, they, they still will. But I think they will see it, like you said, in a better light. They'll yes. actually look up to you more. They're, you're not disappointing them. You're actually showing them that, like, listen, we live, you're living out the gospel. Here's the, here's the, who I am is, yep. is, dirty and rotten and now there's a transformation that allows me to go from there rather than being stuck there the importance (laughs) of authentic faith yeah right i've if you've been if you've been a church person for any length of time you will many of you will relate to the fact that the sunday morning you rush to get your kids into church and one kid's arguing with the other kid and and people are pulling out their hair and you're screaming at the kids to get into church and there's this there's this haywire conversation and and hecticness happening on the ride to church and as soon as you get out of the car you're like oh hello everything's (laughs) wonderful and then you get through church and then you get in the car and you continue the same argument that you did on the ride right there and and i think a lot of us can relate 
to that <laughs> type of mentality. There's mm-hmm. something about just being authentic. Mm-hmm. And those are the times where you will actually grow in faith and your kids will grow in faith. Yep. Now, I had one, mm-hmm. I, if you wanted to stay nope. in combat, I had one more question that I wanted to ask. Yeah. There is probably a number of people who are new dads trying to figure it out. And there are those who are suffering from maybe the results of a dad that have have not been good to them and they are trying to figure out parenting and fathering. Mm. What would you say, what would your words of wisdom be to someone who is just discouraged at being a dad? What encouraging words would you say to kind of help them along in the process? And are there any passages of scripture that you have clung to as a a father raising a four young children? Oh man, put me on the spot here. Now I gotta think. <laughs> well, just let's uh, start no, with okay. let's start with just the encouraging. Yeah. Hey, there's someone in there, there's someone who is listening and they're discouraged about being a dad and they're trying to do the best that they can. What what words of encouragement would you be able to give? I think it's it kind of comes now i'm thinking back to the mother's day podcast even you know like it's it's kind of again all this yeah. stuff is very universal but at the same time too you know very individual like god's it's a need to know basis christ kind of reveals stuff to us as we need to know it because he's working yeah. on us right um but it's just a matter of like that it's okay right you know like when things are discouraged you know the kids are screaming you really don't know what you're gonna do it really comes like i had to work on this stuff too is trust it's that whole letting go and trust thing that god is really it's it's taking away the trust in the worldly and in the material and the how am i gonna make it and really putting my trust in christ like it's a big culture shock really in and and it comes down to the parenting and it comes down to like how am i going to provide and and you know oh things are falling apart and we kind of go it's falling apart and and we're shaken because that's really where our faith and trust was in and so i think it's a ma- i think words of encouragement is one it really isn't about that but try to take some time to try to have that revelation and and work on that it's not going to be like a flip of the switch and you're done it's a constant it's a marathon it's not a not a sprint right um i really yeah i have had to go like if all of i really had to you know sometimes it starts with a mental checklist to actually just Mm. start changing your thoughts is sometimes you may not believe it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you may not believe what you're saying but if you start to actually speak it and start to truly look into it then you actually start to feel the sense of what god is doing and what he is so when things are things are discouraging when things are tired you know the biggest um, the hardest times I think for me when I start spiraling or when I start worrying about stuff is nighttime. You know, the end of the day, you're not constantly going. You know, in the daytime, I think we're distracted because we're always going yep. and stuff like that. But then you have those half an hour, five. Now you're not thinking about anything, and then the problems start to go. Oh, what about this? What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen with this situation? And then you start to sit and think, and you start to go like, how how are people going to react? How am I going to take care of this? And and it really comes down to I think at those moments, yeah. We have a brain. You need to be smart and think about these things, but really then go to, but am I contr- can I control that? And actually bring it over to God and letting go of the things you can't control. And I think over time that'll help when you're discouraged and whatever. And you actually start, it's true, you start getting a peace. You, God, is, you know, God is the God of peace, and when we give it over to him, then our faith is actually put in him. Our trust is actually in him, not in not in if my kids going to turn out well and am I going to have enough money for retirement if that is even you know like yeah. the, yeah. you know the, as a as a dad I think you're typically thinking of those things. How am I going to provide? 
you know, what, what happens in the future, you know, that's something that's huge. And, and we have a lot of these stereotype um, uh, things in America, yeah. North America, that it's like, this is the idea of success. This is the idea of, and I think we really need to break those down. I think that is something that is just, yep. it, it's detrimental. It's not Christ-driven. It's worldly-driven, mm. and that's something yeah. that's... Anyway, yeah. I don't know if that helps or no, answers the question. There's, <laughs> a, there's a scripture that um, I, I know for the, the sermon that I'm going to be preaching, or probably by the time podcasts mm-hmm. I've already approached, is that Romans 12, 1 and 2, says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies... As living sacrifices, sacrifices mm-hmm. holy, acceptable unto mm-hmm. God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Mm-hmm. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. That there is something in me that realizes that I need to cling on to God as much as I can and not be part of whatever world system is in place. Mm-hmm. And that I am just a broken person trying to do everything that I can to serve Jesus, and it will come together when I surrender everything to Jesus. And when I'm in that mode where I'm surrendering everything to him, that God somehow in his grace allows me to get enough things right that my kids mm-hmm. my kids yeah. make it through. And I realize, I, I realize that in that whole process that my dad was broken. Mm-hmm. He did the best. I don't think that there is a man alive that says, I'm going to try and mess up my kids' <laughs> lives. No, all right. Yeah. Every single person who brings a child into their inside of their head says i'm gonna do try and do the best job that i can and as i look back i realize I, that that was what my dad did there are so many things that were in my childhood that that could cause me to be bitter over certain things that he did but but as i look at my life now that i'm a dad and my kids are grown up that there's so many imperfect things in my life that what I need to do is I need to cling on to God as much as I can to allow God to work through me mm-hmm. to be a good dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kind of think, and I think it's what I'm trying to do more and more in, in every aspect of my life, but, you know, parenting and family and stuff like that, and it's kind of old and come back, but, you know, the old person says, what would Jesus do? <laughs> you know, it really, and, but it's not just leaving it at that either. It's like, okay, what would Jesus do? And then going and reading the bible and it's not that the word necessarily has like oh because your kid did this this is what jesus <laughs> did and yeah. the, no it's actually like it's not just taking one con it's you know we know a lot of bible stories so sometimes we go what would jesus do oh well there was that this story that i can take and apply it to yeah. this light this story so i have justification <laughs> for what i'm doing i actually have start i'm trying to be like no no I'm looking at Old Testament, New Testament, where what is spoken in multiple yeah. passages of New Testament, That's and how did Jesus react in 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 his overall context? Yes, overall arc, That's the arc of the narrative, you know. And this, I know we got to wrap up here shortly, yeah. but you know, it's that whole idea of like we look at the Bible and sometimes go like, oh, Abraham, you know, a lot of people in the Old Testament had multiple wives. Oh, so then you know, and and we take in, and it's like, no, no. There's things that are mentioned in the Bible, but it doesn't mean you do them. It's actually to show us what not, you know, so you, you gotta, and that's for Holy Spirit. So it's really, I really go in, what would Jesus do? And then go into the word, not what, what would the world do? Or what would Jesus do in a world, a Christian world view? Because I think that is a little bit, Yeah, (laughs) we have a huge, myself included, we're brought up in this Christian worldview that fits in a North American view rather than a just 
purely biblical view. Yep. And that's absolutely. something that, like you said, the renewing of your mind. I'm really trying to be like, yeah, this is how a typical Christian in the normal society has dealt with things, but is that actually yeah. how I'm supposed to do it? Yeah. You just described eisegesis versus exegesis is really right. what you described. Right, yes. Taking yeah. your yeah. opinion and putting it in versus right. taking the yes. opinion of the Bible and taking it yeah. out. Yeah. Which and I'm guilty of. We're, like we're, 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 every single person right. who has ever read the Bible is guilty of, of it. But it's I think the way it is. I'm not, I'm not old, you know, you know, I'm, I'm only 32, <laughs> you know, and, but as I'm getting older and, you know, there is wisdom and growing, I'm trying to take a step back, everything that happens and slowing it down and giving Christ time and Holy Spirit time for me to research it with him mm-hmm. rather than just being reactive right away. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really good. Well, we just wanted to thank you for being on and uh, appreciate all the work that you do. And again, I, I, I think both Logan and I, we see, you, we see your life and, and your efforts and, uh, and the whole process of, of serving Jesus the best you can in the, midst of, in the midst of everyday life, in the midst of challenges that everybody faces. And everybody faces challenges. Mm-hmm. And you might be listening and you are facing maybe one of the most difficult times of your life. And just let me encourage you that uh, in those times uh, that's where your faith is forged those are the times where you really really get the deep things of God and so thanks for joining us uh, if your mother or if your father you're listening uh, we wanted to we wanted to you know just bring to light some of the important things of fatherhood anything else we needed to add Logan just wanted to say I can't wait someday to see your kids in youth and stuff <laughs> as a youth pastor I can't wait to see mm-hmm. how they mature and stuff like that I'm very excited about that yeah. so but and then just you guys are both you and your wife are doing a fantastic job so like don't let anybody because anytime you put yourself out there somebody might have we've never really had it but i still just anytime anybody puts themselves out there just know that you're doing a good job god sees what you're doing and that's all that matters Mm -hmm. right and that's just for anybody any father listening to this don't let the things of the world dictate what you're doing you're the dad you know what's going on nobody can handle your kids better than you mm-hmm. so it's like don't be seeking you know tons of information about parenting from like every blog the first thing you read or, <laughs> or all that kind of stuff you know it's like yeah. pray and let god tell you how to do it god will always work with a surrendered heart mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely um thank you all for listening to this uh father's day episode of given thank you josh for coming on uh it was an absolute pleasure uh we actually hit over a thousand i think we're at almost at 11 we're at a, almost 1100 listens wow. which is incredible and this is a one-year anniversary Ooh. of forgiven the first episode we did was on father's day oh yeah was that uh, with jim Nevin that, there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yes there you go. and so it was um it has been a pleasure mm-hmm. doing it for a year and we're not stopping and which is great um so if you want it if you want to help us out hit the share button just just share it around get more people listening to it um we talked about the mother's day episode highlight that one that mm-hmm. was a really good one too so if you're a parent go and listen to those ones and finally if you want to contact us if you're a parent with a question whatever you want prayer anything you have topic suggestions questions anything email forgiven at bethelbrandon.ca i check it every day um email me your questions or leave a question on spotify leave a review don't care get in contact with me and we'll make it happen so thank you all for listening have a great day god bless